The reading today is from the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. You can rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 to 21. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For with, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of, the, of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we we, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation." Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Who am I? It's a question that most, if not all of us ask at one and possibly even multiple times in our lives. But I really especially appreciate from the two young men that we just heard in this video that, by the way, I randomly interviewed on the street, is their perspective on this. Because one of the young men said that that question is answered by what society says that you are. He said that society is who gets to say who I am. Except then his friend who's sitting right next to him completely contradicts him, right? The other young man says, no, it's who I say that I am. And this is the challenge, well, or at least part of the challenge. 
because this is the world that we live in. Some in the world say, well, society gets to tell us who we are. And some say, well, I get to say who I am. So then who am I? And how do I answer that question? But I want you to hold on for that. Hold on to that for a moment. Because now I want to consider some of the answers that people might give to that question. Some people might say, well, I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. Or fill in the blank with whatever your occupation, whatever your job is. Some might say, well, I'm a runner. I'm a gardener. I'm a photographer. Or some other answer based on what you do often or maybe even based on your achievements. Some might say, well, I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a friend. Another answer that's based on on your relationships, or maybe even you could say your place, your status within society. And someone answered by saying, well, I'm a man or I'm a woman. Except in our culture today, when you get to that last one, there's some challenges to that. And when we experience those challenges to that last answer to the question, it can be very difficult for many of us. Difficult in part to discuss and to think about because quite quite frankly, for some of us, it's a completely new issue. It's not something that you grew up with. It's maybe not something that you're necessarily experienced firsthand and talked with someone about. And really, when you think about it, in comparison, for all of us, it's a new issue. Because relatively speaking, in the time span, as long as humankind has been around, this is a new issue. And some some scholars even say that this is a fairly unique issue to the American culture. That this issue, the way in which it's discussed here in our culture, is not discussed in the same way in other cultures around the world. And then, quite frankly, it's difficult to talk about because there's a whole variety of information out there. And then within that variety of information, there's a variety of ways of understanding and interpreting that information. And then, quite frankly, for some of us, It's just uncomfortable to talk about. It makes us feel a little bit awkward. It's not necessarily something we're comfortable discussing. But the message in our culture today is however you feel, then that's who you are. And in our culture today, we, people are then told to explore those feelings, but not to explore them in a way that maybe they might be challenged, but explore those feelings only in a way that embraces and celebrates those feelings. And if we all truly think about it, likely all of us have something in our lives that we don't necessarily want to be challenged. And for some, that's sexuality. And, And so then the message in our culture today is sexuality is what defines me. And if you reject that, if you reject my views views on that, if you reject the way in which I think and feel about that, then you reject me. Because sexuality and identity have become inextricably linked. And as we're going to talk about today, certainly that happens with other topics as well. But sometimes in a more prominent, more difficult to discuss about way, it's happened with sexuality. And so then we go back. We figure out, so how do we talk about this? How do we think about this? And we go to God's word. Because God's word today speaks to the fact of how do we actually answer the question of who is it that defines who I am? And as we heard already read for, for us once today, again, God's word from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, We regard no one according to the flesh, 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And so this is God's word first spoken to the Corinthians. He says, we regard no one according to the flesh. The flesh being the things of this world. The things that we could even say would be accomplishments, achievements, relationships, status, or anything that they have. But rather regard them as a new creation. A new creation in Christ. One who is holy and precious. Or one, as it says at the very tail end of our reading, one who has become the righteousness of God. That that's who they are. That they are the holy, precious, righteous people of God. That's who they were. Now, as you hear me talk about this, we also want to realize that they didn't just live in a vacuum, okay? This word is spoken to the Corinthians who very much live in a day in which they were surrounded by various cultural influences. Many different cultural influences that were trying to pull them away from God to get them to put their identity in things other than God and their accomplishments and their achievements and their place and status in society. Could try to get them to boast in those things. And those things would make them feel good. Those things might make them look good in the rest of their society. But in the eyes of God, they had nothing, nothing to boast in. In the eyes of God, those things are nothing. Because in the eyes of God, those things don't get them anywhere in terms of their salvation. In the eyes of God, those things will not last forever. So in the eyes of God, they have nothing to boast in. They are simply sinners before their God. And yet God said to them, you're mine. You are my holy, precious, righteous children. That's who he made them to be. Because again, it's said in our reading today that all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. That all of it is from God through Christ. That God is the one who defines who they are. God is the one who says who they are. And the beautiful thing is that then God gave them holy baptism, a very physical, external thing that they could point to and say, yes, this is for a fact, who I am an outward thing that they could hold on to to know that this is who I am. It's who God has made me to be. And that's the same beautiful truth that applies to you as well. That this word, not just spoken to the Corinthians, but spoken to you and me today, that in the eyes of God, we have nothing to boast in. We are merely sinners. And yet God says to you, you are mine you are my holy, precious, righteous children. Because that's who he's made you to be. And that in your baptism, he gives you a very physical, tangible thing to hold on to and say, yeah, yes, that's who I am. So therefore, that identity is then what shapes what we do, what we have, and what we experience. It shapes the way that we think about things, and it shapes the way we view things in our lives. And so as children of God, we view our occupation differently. As children of God, we view our achievements differently. As children of God, we view our relationships and our status in our communities differently. And as children of God, we even view our sexuality differently. Because yes, we have these things, but they are not who we are. And that's a good thing. 
that's a really good thing. Because should those things ever change? Or should we lose any of those things? We still are who we are. That should you lose your job? Should you not be able to play sports anymore? Even should something horribly tragic happen to your own children, you still are who you are. And that is so comforting because it doesn't matter what we do or don't do, what we say or don't say, what we have or don't have, how we feel, how we don't feel, what society says or what society doesn't say. You still are who you are. And that is a beautifully comforting thing a hope-filled, peace-giving statement packed full of the gospel for each and every one of us. But having said that, some of you might still be saying, okay, but then how do I share that with who, those who don't necessarily see it the same way? How do I share this with someone who doesn't necessarily see it the same way? And where do I start? And where you start is viewing that person every person as a child of God. Viewing each and every other person in this world as a child of God, as a beloved creature of God. One who is made, as we heard in the book of Genesis, in the image of God. An unworthy sinner like you and me. One who is loved by God. One who, as it says in the book of Romans, is one for whom Christ died. And I realize that as I say that, some people may not see it that way. They may not understand that. They may disagree with it. They may even vehemently oppose that. But that can still be the way in which you view them. It can still be the way in which you think about them. And with that as your mindset, the goal is no longer to change that person. The goal is not to make them who you think they're supposed to be. Rather, the goal is to show them Jesus. Show them Jesus. Because as it says in our reading today, that we get to be part of the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry of reconciliation. And those two are two important key words. Because ministry, ministry implies that it takes a while. It takes some time. That this, th that this doesn't just happen to convey this message in one time or in one conversation, but through a relationship and over time. And it's a ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means bringing back in right relationship. Not necessarily right relationship with ourselves, not necessarily the way in which we think someone should live, but right relationship with God. So show them Jesus. And then you still might be wondering, okay, that's good. That's how we can think but what do we actually say, right? What actually happens next? How do we actually speak to someone who might disagree with us about this? And the first, first thing is, affirm what you can. Affirm what you can. In the sense of, we can affirm the fact that everyone in this world desires to be connected to other people. We can affirm the fact that everyone wants to be loved. We can even affirm the fact that sexuality in and of itself is a good thing. We can affirm the things we can while, of course, remaining faithful to the things that we can't compromise. And at some point, you might have to speak those things in truth and in love. But along the way, 
Affirm the things you can. And next, listen. Listen for a while, which is an incredibly vague and general term for a good reason, because it might take a while. It might be a long time. It might be a lot longer than you're comfortable listening, especially listening to someone who might disagree with you. But listen with the goal, too, of walking with them, of building that relationship. And listen so that you might have opportunity in the future to be there, to hear what they have to say, even when they might have questions and they get to come to you with those questions. And prayerfully, too, for the opportunity in the future to be able to share the gospel with them, to be able to speak the gospel into their life, too. This isn't easy. This is not easy to talk about, right? In part, because if you go all the way back to the beginning when I started with, right, for some of us, it's just uncomfortable to discuss. But at the core of all this is something that all of us have to wrestle with, that all of us have to wrestle with not making something else our identity, not lifting up the things that we do or have or feel in this world as our identity, but rather keeping our identity as God says what it is that you are his holy, precious, righteous children. That's who you are. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.